You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni of Fantrax HQ and Blake Sullivan of Roto Ballers. Welcome into the Hot Take Podcast. Week 15 gets you ready for your playoff matchup. Got a great show for you today, folks. We're going to get into some week 15 start sits. We're going to get into a Thursday night preview, get you ready for maybe a defense special teams that you're not thinking about that you can play this week. Uh, we're going to go over some of the week 14 fantasy explosions. So we got a lot to cover today. My name is Stephen Taroni, joined by me as always, Blake Sullivan. And today, we have a special guest on the show, Bob Harris, FF Diehard. What is going on, man? Not much. How's it going, guys? Pretty good, man. Uh, I assume that you're, uh, you have a couple playoff matchups on the line this week? Uh, there will be playoffs going on. I'm in 30 leagues. I fall into a one or two just by accident. Uh, just <laughs> shotgun approach. So, yes, I will have some playoff action going on. Damn, Blake, how many leagues are you in by comparison? Yeah, I'm not in very many leagues. I'm in three leagues. Uh, I really focus mainly on DFS. That's what I enjoy more. You get injuries, deals like Le'Veon Bell, things like that, and it just gets a little bit annoying, and I can't, I can't keep up with it with school being so busy. So for me, I just have more fun playing DFS, and if I lose, I can get over it. I enjoy the DFS as well. Yeah, DFS around this time of year becomes pretty prevalent for me. Uh, man, 30 leagues. I would never – I just could never keep up with that. Two, I can't either. I can't. So, it's not, <laughs> it's not like uh, you're right. left out in the cold. It's, yeah, you struggle along as best you can. You hope you drafted well. And then you uh, try and uh, play keep up on the waiver wire uh, as everyone else who's in a couple leagues is beating your tail. Um, so, so, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And it is. DFS is the cure to all the ails of – season long injuries attrition uh you know poor showings people not showing up all those things so yeah the, uh, a healthy mix and a, a bunch of best ball probably 100 best ball drafts as well yeah best ball is where it's at I, I think I'm in like you know maybe 20 best ball on uh, draft.com and you know I almost forgot about those and I look at them I'm like oh man I'm winning some money here like yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I forget about them those best ball and that's what I really appreciate about best ball um but it gets to a point where you have to, you know, for me, just start t- turning down people. You know, look, I can't do it. I can't do it. All right? It's just too much. My, my plate's too big. I'll never get around to, you know, starting these people on, you know, a league that I don't even know half of the people in. So before we get into it, find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, rotaballer.com, fsgn.com. That's a fantasy sports gaming network. And if you follow us on Spotify, and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We got a giveaway for you folks. We're going to be giving away a signed jersey. I can't disclose which player that is right now, but we will announce it on Twitter very shortly. Uh, But it is going to be a high-profile player. Uh, The first 20 people to do so will be eligible to win this jersey. So all you got to do, follow on Spotify, rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes, and we will announce it again on Twitter for you. So the first 20 people will be eligible, and we will be selecting a random person. 
So let's get into it here. Week 14 fantasy explosions. I'm telling you, I was not prepared for Derrick Henry on a Thursday night to rack up over 200 yards, four touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been in the situation before, around week 14, week 15. Derrick Henry, he's playing the Jaguars. Seems like a good play. It never is until now. <laughs> he absolutely went off. I think he was started in maybe 13% of ESPN leagues, I think I read. So now we have to think to ourselves, can we start Derrick Henry next week? You obviously want to ride the hot hand, but we've seen him be so inefficient before. So, Bob, what are we doing with Derrick Henry next week? It's a trap. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful. Look, I mean, measure out your options. Uh, Again, this is not a common occurrence. Uh, You'd like to think that this is maybe – a case of Matt LaFleur figuring out, you know, how the pieces of his offense work and calling great plays. Uh, I don't know. Some of it maybe was the Jaguars uh, kind of phoning it in a little bit. And, and also, I do think that, that one of the things, that, and I don't mean to disparage the Jaguars, obviously they weren't phoning it in, but they weren't on the game. But I think he probably fares better against the smaller, quicker linebackers like Jacksonville has. So maybe that's something to look for going forward. I mean, you know, no one's going to call Telvin Smith or Miles Jack, you know, not physical, but I mean, they aren't the, those big bruising kind of linebackers. They're more speed players. So right. maybe that was a thing. Henry obviously has plenty of speed as well, but I just, you know, in noticing the play calling, it looked like they were working to get him to the edge and, and see what he could do. Uh, I'd love to see more of that. Would I bet on it? I mean, you know, history tells me not to, and it would probably depend on my options. I, 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 I'm never eager to chase points, um, but those look pretty darn appealing. We all saw them, and that's part of it. I mean, you know, and it's on a national stage, and everyone's watching, and you all, you see it, and you, you, and maybe you feel like, man, I screwed up by not playing him. No, you didn't. There was no reason to play him. No, you couldn't have foreseen this coming. It's not, you know, so, so keep all these things in mind and try to keep a level head when you're making the decision next week. And maybe the answer is Derek Henry for you. Uh, again, it's going to depend on your options and their matchups. Yeah, speaking of a level head, I was losing my stuff on Sunday when I saw George Kittle absolutely decimate my fantasy team and knock one of my teams out of the playoffs. 210 yards in the first half. Uh, five yards away from, the, from setting the single game record for a tight end. And then he didn't even get that five yards in the second half. I have no idea why. Yeah, um, Kyle Shanahan doing his, doing his dad a favor. Yes, uh, sir. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I, Shannon Sharp. Uh, it was fun watching Shannon Sharp uh, you know, Sunday night talk about it. But, uh, you know, that's, I mean, they, you would think they could have got him one pass. One, one pass. One. Yeah, just one. And he gives him the game ball after it. And he's kind of like, oh, 210 yards. Uh, what's the record? Uh, 215? Yeah, something like that. You know, kind of like blew it off. And it's like, you knew exactly what it was, you know. So, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, saving uh, Shannon Sharp that record. That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, Blake, I want to get your opinion on George Kittle because this is a guy we talked about in the offseason. I know we had John Laub on, and he was talking big about George Kittle. And he said something like 90-plus targets. Uh, and I think that's about where he's at right now. Uh, next season for you, where is George Kittle in redraft leagues? I mean, he's got to be one of the top four guys that you're going to be taking from the tight end position. And look, when he's getting six or seven receptions a game, you're going to be taking him up there with a lot of wide receivers because he's so solid. He's an athlete. You know, he's going to average 
10 to 20 points a game, I'll take that all day on my team. Yeah, he, uh, he has a great change of direction in open space. Uh, he's just got great wiggle for a man his size uh, that you really don't see too often. So, yeah, it definitely comparisons to uh, a Travis Kelsey or a prime Gronk for sure. Right. He has like three catches of 70 or more yards. That's the most in the NFL. He's the Odell Beckham of tight ends, you know, with the one-handed stabs and the run after the catch. And I do think you're right. I mean, it's a reshuffling next summer. Uh, so Gronk falls out of the top three and, and Kittle moves in, you know, probably with Kelsey and Ertz moving into the top two spots and he kind of rotates in. You know, there'll be people just like with Kelsey Ertz who like him a little more or less, but those are going to be the top three locked in guys next summer. Yeah, most definitely. And I and think don't he, forget he'll have Jimmy Garoppolo next year too, not Nick Mullins. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I think people are going to want to jump at Travis Kelsey. And I think I don't see Kelsey going out of the second round next year. And you probably get Kittle maybe in like the late third, early fourth round, a right around where you got Travis Kelsey this season. So 102 targets thus far for, uh, for uh, George Kittle exceeding that 90 that, uh, that Laub predicted. Um, so we know about Amari Cooper, three touchdowns, 217 yards, unbelievable. And you know, when we looked at this and we saw, okay, he's going to the Cowboys, what is the big difference here? Well, the difference was that the Cowboys treat him as a wide receiver one, and they know how to use a wide receiver one in this system because we've seen it before with Des Bryant, and now we're seeing it with Amari Cooper. Unreal. I don't know if we could have expected this kind of output, but Bob, what can we do with Amari Cooper now? We obviously trust him as a wide receiver one, can we expect this sort of output next week against the Colts? Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know if you're going to get those three touchdowns, but, but beyond that, yeah, the role is pretty well locked in. I mean, we've seen it, 40 catches, 642 yards, six touchdowns in six games. Uh, you know, I, I think you play that role, and that's what I'm always looking to play is role and anticipated workload more so than, you know, the spike touchdowns or whatever. But I, but it, I like the way the uh, – the rising tide floats all boats. I think it works, you know, it helps Ezekiel Elliott. It helps Dak Prescott, obviously, uh, yep. for the obvious reasons. So uh, it just, it, and, it, and it changes things for some of the other guys. I don't think you're playing any of them. I think you're still, you know, you're, you're focused in on the top three, the, the new triplets as it were in Dallas. But, you know, it, it's changed the dynamic of that offense. I mean, safeties are playing them differently. I mean, it, it changes the way things look to Elliott every time he walks up the line of scrimmage, for Prescott every time he walks up the line of scrimmage. And the results have changed as well, and that's what we're all looking for. So, you know, you're right. I mean, the Raiders did not treat him like a wide receiver one, and the Cowboys are, and it's paying off for all of us and them, and uh, Elliott and Prescott in particular. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Blake, you were big on that Cowboys stack this week, and I think we talked about Dak Prescott last week as a guy that, you know, if he's on the waiver wires, pick him up now because these last stretch of games, he could be elite. And that's what he did. I mean, he over 400 passing yards. Uh, so are you, you know, starting Dak Prescott in most situations this week coming up? Is he a locked and loaded QB1 for you? Yeah, I was huge on him last week. I was really happy that that panned out. Indiana, this could be a high-scoring game. The Dallas defense has been pretty good, so I don't know how, much, how many points the uh, Colts are going to be able to put up against them. But I'm really looking forward to week 16. I'm trying to get Dak Prescott now. If he's not on my team, He's owned in 53.8% of the leagues, so he's probably not available. But there's a potential that he is still out there on waivers. I would pick him up this week to make sure you have him in a great matchup against Tampa Bay in Week 16. Yep, that's a fact. 
most definitely. And I think the point that we made last week was, look, even if you have a quarterback, like I have Patrick Mahomes, I'm probably not going to play Dak Prescott, but I don't want anybody picking up Prescott to play me in championship week when he's going against Tampa Bay. So get him on your roster regardless. Um, so the nice thing with Dak too, is he's put up 20 points basically since the bye week He's only had two games under 20 points and they were just under, but he's had two games of over 30 points and they had a 27 point game. So his ceiling is a much higher now with Amari Cooper there for the big play potential. And his floor is so safe that I would not be scared at all to start him either of these next two weeks. Yeah. And then you got the five rushing touchdowns in the last seven weeks. So, uh, or eight weeks. Um, so, you know, you always have that rushing touchdown potential with him. It gives him a nice safe floor. Uh, so Dak, you know, when he, when he first got into the league, when he had Des Bryant and he had the great offensive line and he had Zeke, uh, he was an elite fantasy uh football player so now he's kind of back in that territory because they have the pieces around him and it works um, for this Dallas Cowboy system I can't believe we're talking about this by the way because you know weeks ago we were just trashing this Cowboys offense uh, you know just like this narrow-minded simplistic offense and they are an explosive powerhouse now it's unbelievable I think I called for Jason Garrett's job I actually got pretty worked up about it uh, I'm, I'm doesn't mean you're wrong. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Jason Garrett's job should be on the line. But uh, look, there's something to be said for having an additional dynamic playmaker in a unit where there were none, right? I mean, there were yeah. there were, were no game changing wide receivers on the field for the Cowboys, and that's a big part of the game. Most definitely. So before we get into our Week 15 start sits. Let's try to predict here who can have a big output this week. You know, it was Amari, Derrick Henry, George Kittle last week, guys like that. I'm saying that this week, Michael Thomas has a great chance to really break out. So, obviously, Michael Thomas has had a great season and 11 catches for 98 yards last week against Tampa Bay. Great game. You obviously want to touch down the fantasy football, but he plays a Carolina team this week that has been decimated by the wide receiver position each and every week, and including this week with Jarvis Landry torching them. I don't see a scenario where Michael Thomas doesn't have a high output, and I think that he can have the potential of something like 150 yards and two touchdowns against this Carolina team who you're talking about phoning it in uh, with their quarterback you know, having an injury and not being able to move the ball up the field and their defense absolutely decimated, it's really hard for the Panthers to compete right now. I think that Michael Thomas is going to have himself a day. Yeah, I think that would be my obvious first choice of a breakout candidate this week. I'm hoping in DFS he's going to be a little bit lower owned because he's kind of had some bust weeks lately uh, after such a hot start to the season. But I'm going to go a little bit different route. I'm going to say this is the huge Deshaun Watson week going into New York against the Jets. I just look for him to have more touchdowns than he's had the last few weeks. That's really been his limiting factor. He hasn't been turning the ball over too much this season. Uh, since the first couple of weeks when he had some tough matchups, he turned the ball over. But with with uh, DeAndre Hopkins there, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins there and um, brain Demarius Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, my guy Demarius Thomas is riding right. on my bench. Yeah. With him there, I think it's going to have a huge week. Looking for another breakout game. He put up 44 just a couple weeks ago. Looking for something similar to that this week. Uh, I like it. I'll say, I'll say the Vikings uh, call more run. I, I'll go Dalvin Cook has a 20-carry game finally. 
Uh, when you fire the offensive coordinator for not giving the running back enough carries, essentially, uh, and then you give a guy a promotion from quarterback's coach, expect him to try to please the box boss. And Mike Zimmer is very unhappy right now. And it's been clamoring for, you know, balance. I know they had reasonable balance in the loss to Seattle and it really didn't help them that much, but, but I would expect a run heavy game plan against the Dolphins in this one. Yeah, that was please the boss, not please the box, right, Bob? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but the last three weeks for Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's put up over double-digit fantasy points. Uh, he's given you the double-digit uh, touches. Um, so he is back into that perceived uh, RB1 role for the Vikings, and Latavius Murray is definitely taking the back seat now. He's getting some goal line work. He hasn't been very efficient behind, you know, a pretty bad offensive line. But I do love Dalvin Cook moving forward. Uh, eight catches in week 13, five catches last week against Seattle. So I think he's going to give you the workload you want. And then against Miami, that's a great call because they are not very good against the run. All right, guys, we're going to get into the week 15 start sit. Uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back on Hot Take Fantasy Football. All right, welcome back. We're going to get into some of your start sits for week 15, give you a couple of defenses to choose from that might be on your waiver wire. First, Bob, I know that you uh, do the injury report every week on FF Die Hard. I just want to get your take on a couple injuries coming up with uh, Melvin Gordon. It looks like it's not really good news for him to start this week. What say you for Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler? Yeah, the short turnaround is going to do them both, and it sounds like, I mean, Anthony Lynn said today he's not optimistic. Gordon sounds like he's closer, and he doesn't sound like he's close. Eckler, uh, it sounds like he's in the concussion protocol, so the Thursday game makes it almost impossible. You know, the quick turnaround uh, is going to make it almost impossible for him to gain clearance, even if he felt good enough to play, and we don't know that he will. So it is going to be the Justin Jackson game we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I needed that last week, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so how about Tyreek Hill? We saw him in and out of the lineup last week. He still was faster than everyone else on the field with a bad heel. Uh, and that's exactly what he said when asked about his foot. He said it's bad, quote, bad. Uh, so do we, can we expect Tyreek Hill in the short turnaround? Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, the early reporting and Andy Reid suggesting that he will be the, 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 the exams on Monday were not, didn't reveal anything serious and they do expect him to be on the field. He didn't practice Monday. So, and Spencer Ware didn't either. If you saw, he took a big hit uh, in the upper body shoulder issue. So he didn't practice Monday either. My guess is they're just going easy on him because of that short turnaround and don't expect Sammy Watkins either. So I don't know if this is going to be your big Kelvin Benjamin week we've all been waiting for, but okay, oh, man. probably not. Uh, but yeah, I think Hill will be on the field for this one. And, uh, and Ware as well. Just uh, we'll see how that plays out over the next two days. But the short turnaround is always a hassle. But it sounds like prelim preliminary exams went okay. Yeah, it sounds like good news for Spencer Ware. When he initially went down, it looked like uh, – it reminded me of Tony Romo when he broke his collarbone, the way he yeah. kind of was just laying there. Pointing uh, at it. And, yeah, and, and then later it was like an, a hamstring, right? Like, I mean, it was, it was something different. Lower, lower body injury, I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah they're, they're only listing him with the shoulder for right now, so. Got it. Yeah, Got I, it. Tried to, I tried to jinx him on our last episode when I brought up Sharkandrick West. That must have been the problem. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, I am seeing the report now. It did say he, he did not practice in Tuesday's uh, practice. So didn't practice uh, Tuesday for Spencer Ware. So just want to keep an eye on that. And it is listing it as a hamstring. I think it's both. I think it is a hamstring and a shoulder. 
Um, yeah, because last night it was just the, hand, the shoulder and the injury report. So right. Um, yeah, that would that would make sense that he would be held out because of the hamstring over the shoulder if uh, if the shoulder was okay. Um, so let's get into some of these start sits. Uh, we got a couple guys that might have some opportunity with injuries. So let's get into it here, Blake. Uh, Elijah McGuire, who had a pretty good game after uh, Isaiah Crowell went down, or Chris Ivory, assuming that McCoy doesn't play with a hamstring injury. Who do you got, Blake? Yeah, I don't know that I really want to play either of these guys, but I'm going to go with Elijah McGuire. He had 17 carries last week for 60 yards and a touchdown. I yeah. think he's going to get the volume. And like I said, I don't think either of these guys has a very good matchup, but I'll take the upside with McGuire. Is that how you're feeling, Bob? Yeah, I feel the same. You know, part of that was Isaiah Crowell going out early. He had the toe issue going in and got it tweaked early in the game. And But I, I think probably that's heading in the same direction. In addition, I mean, Ivory is day-to-day as well. Right. I, it sounds like he's more likely to play. But when you're splitting hairs between two, you know, reasonably similar uh, prospects. Uh, it's the, the first hair is which one is healthier, right? And uh, and I'll go with McGuire on that. And he, he brings a little something to the passing game too. Yeah, I mean Chris Ivory played really well. Like you know when Shady was out, week three at Minnesota, twenty carries, fifty six yards, and then three catches for seventy yards in the passing game. Um, he actually had a couple good games there. Um, but I'm with you both. I, I think Elijah McGuire gives you upside and gives you more of a a, a safety net with that passing game. So that's three for three, you know, in these, uh, you know, 12 team leagues or deeper. I think these guys are going to be flex considerations for sure. Yeah. Um, so two Patriots running backs that kind of disappointed last week, Sony, Michelle, James white, Bob, who you got between the two, you know, in PPR, I'm hard to go press to go away from white. I mean, you know, the last week, notwithstanding, you right. know, the season long numbers have been so great. He's been such an integral integral part of that and I guess I'm a I, I'm you know my irrational fear of Rex Burkhead uh which turns out I mean he look he hasn't done much but if he's going to cut into somebody's workload it seems yes you know you kind of yeah. the, the the sense is it's more likely to be Sony Michelle's I mean and, and look he didn't cut into either of them last week right so right. I mean four carries and you know what two two targets so yeah. It's not like he was a big part of it, but you just know any given game, as soon as you commit to somebody, they're going to, you're going to get Belichick. Um, and I think white is less Belichick. You know, he's more Belichick proof in terms of his role uh, <clears throat> for the most part. I mean, only four targets this week, that's normally a higher number, but, but he'd be the guy that I'd be more locked in on. And I'm a Sony Michelle guy. I like Michelle. I think his workload is pretty solid, but obviously the production is not always there. Blake, I know you're a James white guy. Are you leaning that route too? Yeah, so out of these two guys, I think I'm going to go with James Devlin. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. He's been vulturing some touchdowns the last couple of weeks, which is why I'm going to go with James White over Sony Michelle. You talk about Rex Burkhead being back. I think if those two are going to cut into anybody's workload, it's going to be Sony Michelle. And I think it's mostly going to be in the red zone where they're going to cut into their work at. Uh, Might just vulture that touchdown away, and that could be the difference in your league. So I'm going to go with James White, higher PPR upside. Uh, and like you said, he's Belichick proof. So especially in the red zone, he still might get the targets where Sony won't. Yeah, both of these guys are playable assets for sure. So if you have both of them, uh, you know, it makes more sense in Pittsburgh to go with the pass catching running back, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, last three weeks for Sony Michelle, 21 carries, 17 carries, 20 carries. Uh, it's really hard to go away from that kind of volume. 
but it seems that he is touchdown dependent for that big fantasy output because it's you know he's getting 63 yards, 57 yards. Um, did have 133 against the Jets three weeks ago. Uh, so if he has that kind of game, great. But you know you really need that great game in order to uh, to override that PPR sort of. Uh, production but i will go sony michelle if it's like a half point ppr if it's full point ppr i would go james white that's how i'm kind of feeling right now that seems pretty reasonable yeah um so we got two broncos wide receivers and you know we talked about deshaun hamilton last week i really wanted to bring him up because i knew that everyone was going to be all over Cortland sutton and deshaun hamilton ended up being the guy uh seven catches for 40 yards what was it 47 yards uh, and a touchdown. So, yeah, seven catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown for Deshaun Hamilton. Cortland Sutton gave you a stinker. Uh, so, we got this week, I'm leaning Deshaun Hamilton. I know that that's the unpopular opinion. I think that Cortland Sutton can certainly have a bounce-back game. But to me, it seems that he's more touchdown-dependent where, you know, Hamilton's going to give you uh, the volume. So, I'm going to go Hamilton where I think that Sutton is going to get, uh, you know, um, Denzel Ward on, on coverage and Hamilton is just going to have that free range underneath for uh, Case Keenum who likes to dump it down. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if Ward plays. Uh, I, we're burying the lead here though. It's Tim Patrick is the guy you want to play. Uh, yeah, there you go. 10 targets, 7 catches, 85 yards. Uh, look, it, you know, I'm not eager to force any of these guys in the lineups right now. I know Sutton's been very popular all year and, and I get why, but you know, he's a scoring threat maybe in standard leagues. You know, that's how I would split this. Um, you know, maybe Hamilton, you know, playing the Emmanuel Sanders role seems like a pretty decent volume play to me. Uh, and I'm, you know, mostly disappointed we didn't get that huge Matt Lacoste rebound game we were all looking for yeah. uh, <laughs> against, the, against the Niners. But um, <laughs> uh, And maybe that will come at some point. I, I don't know if I'm playing any of those. I'm not going to push the envelope. If I had to play one in PPR, I'd probably be Hamilton right now. But I feel like I'm chasing – production at this point I don't think anyone is really certain to to be a viable play in this in this offensive wide receiver yeah when you say burying the lead I think the lead is Case Keenum sucks yeah uh, well you know they want him to be more aggressive maybe he'll get the message yeah Blake between the two who do you got Sutton or Hamilton yeah again I'm not really looking to start either of these guys this week I kind of fell in that Cortland Sutton trap last week uh, that you had mentioned Steve and this week, uh, Demarius Randall and Jabril Peppers are going to be back there as the safeties. I'm not liking the matchup because they're going to be coming over and helping a lot. And with Case Keenum being the quarterback, I don't look for that to be a good combination. I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. And Cleveland Browns defense actually could be a pretty sneaky play this week against the Broncos. Uh, yeah. Not really liking either, but I'm going to go with Deshaun Hamilton just for his upside. I think that uh, he has a little bit more big play potential than Cortland Sutton will at this point. Bob, I know that you were half joking, but would you play Patrick? Uh, yeah, I might take a DFS, a GPP flyer on him at some point, sure. Yeah, because he did look decent earlier in the season, too, at times. Uh, but then, of course, the 10 targets really stands out for this week. Uh, could be an outlier, so that it's something we might have to wait on for that. Um, let's get into some of these defenses. So I'm going to start us off here. I love the Atlanta Falcons defense this week. At home against the Cardinals, um, you just have to play any defense right now against Josh Rosen. Um, they are limited with their weapons right now, and, you know, David Johnson is almost a non-factor. 
So give me the Falcons that, you know, you have Vic Beasley, you have some playmakers there that can, that can make things happen. Beasley single-handedly scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago on a uh, sack strip. So anything could happen like that with Josh Rosen. So I'll take the Falcons defense this week. Blake, who are you thinking about for like a waiver wire pickup for a defense in week 15? Yeah, I'm really liking the Seattle Seahawks this week. They just played San Francisco in uh, week 13. They put up 18 and a half points at an interception, two fumbles, and a touchdown. They scored 17 against Minnesota this past week, and then they're going to go into San Francisco again. Um, they're only at 28.6% owned. So I really think that they have a lot of upside, and they've been pretty solid over the last couple of weeks. Love it, man. Right. I, I like the Falcons. As you said, I had a couple of these circled just, you know, for, and for the exact reason you said, look, I'm looking to pick on quarterbacks. That's why the Giants were a good play last week for me. And, uh, they, you know, and the Texans will be again this week for me as well. Yep. Uh, going against the Jets, uh, rookie quarterback versus the Texans defense seems like like easy pickings to me. And, uh, and I, look, I might take that a step further and say the Bills against the Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford is not a rookie, but there are times when he plays like one. Yeah, one that's kind of gross but does uh, fit the narrative of picking on quarterbacks could be the Redskins um, in Jacksonville. But, you know, you get Cody Kessler. Um, so How you, many times will he throw? So how many opportunities will you get? I know the, the, you know, the game script yes. last time, he threw a hell of a lot. If you think that same kind of uh, – they can force the Jaguars into that same kind of offensive game plan, that would be a phenomenal play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, because we're going to have Josh Johnson at quarterback most likely. And uh, so yep. I'm not, re not really sure what to expect there. Maybe the Redskins become more run-oriented and you see kind of like a poor man's uh, Ravens, you know, trying to control the clock and run the ball a bunch. Um, so that would, that would force uh, Jacksonville to pass. So if you're in a bind, you know, I'm not saying start the Redskins defense, but I, I think that they can, you know, if you're looking at the waiver wire and you're just like, I have nobody, that could be a playable option. So let's get into this Thursday night preview. We got a huge game with the Chiefs and the Chargers. The division is on the line, folks. All of a sudden, if the Chargers win this game, they're going to be tied um, at 11-3, and three, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And they would be tied on the season split as well if the Chargers win. So we got a uh, minus three-and-a-half Chiefs favorite, and they're favored by three-and-a-half points. And we got a 56.5 over under. Patrick Mahomes, 4,300 yards, 43 touchdowns this season. Travis Kelsey, 86 receptions, over 1,100 yards, and 10 touchdowns. All career highs for Travis Kelsey. Blake, what do the Chargers need to do to win this game? I think the one thing that the Chargers really need to do is run the football. They can't get in a shootout like the Rams did against the Chiefs because they're just not quite high-powered enough to be able to do that. Uh, and I also think the other thing they need to do is they need to get one or two turnovers from Kansas City. If they can get the ball back, stop Kansas City twice, and then just run, run the ball a lot, chew up some clock, I think they have a good chance of winning this. But they're going to have to execute both of those things very well for that to happen. Yeah, we saw a formula last week that the Ravens kind of put together was just run the ball a lot. I don't know that the Riv uh, that the, that the Rivers that the Chargers can do that with Philip Rivers and then obviously not having Melvin Gordon, not having Eckler. The workload is going to be entirely on Justin Jackson, most likely. Um, so, Bob, is there anything that they can do on defense to disrupt Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I, we, we, I mean, that's kind of the Rams approach as well, right? It was to right. go in and make, you know, and I think looking at in general in the NFL, I mean, we see some defensive battles at Monday night's game, 
Um, but for the most part, we see a lot of offense with, and defense is turning into not a stopping unit, but a playmaking unit. And that's exactly what the Chargers need to do. And they have some guys that are capable of being disruptive playmakers, uh, especially with Joey Bosa back, Melvin Ingram. I mean, they have some, they have some guys that are capable of causing some problems up front. And that's going to be the key. If you can make some plays, make one or two plays on defense, especially scoring plays, we've seen it from the Bears how many times. I mean, that's, that is a key component now of the NFL, and the Chargers have some guys to do that. That's what they'll need to do in this one. Yeah, easier said than done, but I think if you can just take away Travis Kelsey the best you can, and look, I'm not hoping they do because I have Travis Kelsey and I want him to succeed, but if you take away Kelsey, I think that can do a lot for you. Uh, but they do have the pass rushers to potentially disrupt Mahomes with Joey Bosa, like you said, Bob, and Melvin Ingram. Um, so I, you know, this could be, you know, on a Thursday night, short week, it could be the first time that maybe we see Patrick Mahomes get a little disrupted or a little uncomfortable. Um, but at home with the chargers, uh, traveling, I just don't see them coming away with the win. I actually think that the chiefs will cover in this matchup. Yeah. It'll be a tough game for them to win, but never count Phillip rivers out kids. <laughs> Most certainly. Um, so it, real quick, uh, let's assume that Spencer Ware doesn't play because uh, he didn't practice today. Uh, Blake, would you go Damian Williams or would you go Justin Jackson? Now, Damian Williams had the two touchdowns last week. Yeah, he had a big game, and he's definitely a good play this week. Uh, I really like his upside, but I think you got to go with Justin Jackson, assuming the injury reports stay the same. Right. Because I don't think they, I don't think they can come into Kansas City without the running formula and win that game. Uh, maybe they can with Keenan Allen. I don't know. I just don't see them being able to put up that many points. They're going to have to go to Jackson some. So, uh, yeah, if both Eckler and Gordon are out, I'm definitely going with Justin Jackson on this one. I'm, I'm on board with that. Jackson would be my guy. Look, I, I think Damian Williams fine. I think if there was no – it would be more of a mix, right? If there is – I mean, maybe we see – a little bit of Detrez Newsome in there behind Jackson. I don't know how much I would expect. I would expect a ton of Jackson. On the other hand, you've got like three guys capable in Kansas City. Right. Beyond, you know, uh, beyond uh, 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 where. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think for me, um, and they seem to be more willing to spread it out, right, in Kansas City. I mean, that's concerned too. And they like Daryl Williams, you know, the rookie coming in. Yes. West is back. I mean, I think Damian Williams would be the natural pivot if, if there was nowhere. But I just wonder if it wouldn't be diluted a little bit with the, you know, the, with the extra bodies they have there. Where it's just a, a process of elimination. There just aren't as many guys to, to handle the workload. And, and, and it seems like it would be funneled primarily through Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'll have to see if, uh, if Chart Kendrick West is activated uh, for this week because he could be a viable option if no Spencer Ware. Um, but I like Justin Jackson, too. I mean, I liked him last week, like I said, but I just think that I want to give confidence to the listener to start Justin Jackson again in a situation where they're going to need him. Blake, like you said, they want to run the ball um, in order to control the clock. So, you know, Jackson has juice. Uh, he didn't get to show it against Cincinnati, unfortunately, which was a good matchup for him. Uh, but I, I believe in Justin Jackson. And if you believed in last week, don't get tricked and put him on your bench because that'll screw you ultimately. So get J Justin Jackson in your lineups if Austin Eckler can't go. Okay, guys, real quick. Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams in a pinch in a flex spot? Bob, who you got here? I guess, you know, I would go with Tyrell Williams. Just been busier. I'm, again, playing anticipated workload. Mike Williams has the spike performances. He gets the touchdowns on occasion. But the workload just in general isn't as high. 
So I'd probably go that way. I'd go the other way. Tyrell the gazelle for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. And I think Tyrell has a little bit more of the big play potential with this Kansas City secondary too. I think that's going to be something that could happen in this game where you get one of those really long touchdowns. So that's why I like Tyrell Williams a little bit better. Yeah, that's three for three. You're definitely relying on touchdowns with Mike Williams where you can get a deep play uh, from Tyrell uh, against this Kansas City team. But the reason I say is because, you know, both of these guys can be playable options against a weak uh, Kansas City defense. Uh, I haven't gotten word on Eric Berry. Uh, Bob, do you know any updates on Eric Berry at this point? Uh, it sounds like he's getting closer, but nothing's guaranteed. Again, the short week might be an issue because they get him ready. But, but, I mean, he's been practicing more. It's, it's possible. I mean, you know, would you expect a full game out of him this first week back, even if he is? Uh, so I, I think I'd kind of go in with the default that he's not going to be the Eric Berry that we all would like him to be. It's hot, bold prediction time for week 15. I already mentioned my guy, but you know what? I'm going to go back to it. Last week, I was fire with the Randall Cobb pick, so I'm back on a roll now. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson as the QB1 in week 15. So he's going to light up New York. He's going to light up the Jets. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. That, it might be tough, you know, on the road, but uh, I love the hot bowl prediction because Deshaun Watson is due for a big game. Um, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. This is kind of a first. This is a hot take first. I say that Jared Goff is going to be the QB one. And I think the reason why I really want to highlight Jared Goff, because, you know, who knows if he's going to be the QB one, but I'm pretty confident he'll be a QB one in a week where you might feel not confident in starting Jared Goff. Let's say you had a bye week, luckily, and Jared Goff was just sitting there with, you know, could have really hurt you this week against the uh, Bears. Uh, He's going to be at home against the Eagles who you know we just saw Dak Prescott light up obviously another situation where the Eagles are banged up in their secondary I think Jared Goff has a huge game uh, in LA so Jared Goff hot bowl prediction he is the QB1 warm weather is his friend Uh, (laughs) so so every week on Sirius on Fridays we make our bold gutsy predictions and uh, I made one last Friday that I think I'll just recycle since it since it misfired, it was Justin Jackson as a as a running back one. Um, we all saw what he did down the you know down in the second half against Pittsburgh. Expect the whole game of that, hopefully uh, game flow willing. Uh, and I'll go ahead and bet on the possibility that it's going to happen. <clears throat> Should have happened last week, this past weekend, but it will happen in Kansas City Thursday night. Well, I don't know if this is a situation of great minds think alike because we were wrong. But I also had that prediction last week on the hot take. He was arguing. Recycling is a thing, even in fantasy football. I love it. I love it. Bob Harris, FF Diehard, senior editor, host of Sirius XM Fantasy. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. All right. On behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Stephen Taroni. Good luck in the fantasy football playoffs. This has been the Hot Take Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Check out Fantrax HQ and Rotoballer for your fantasy sports news and analysis. Follow the guys on Twitter at Stephen underscore Taroni and at Blake Sullivan FF. See ya!